The God of Mischief is back and better than ever. Loki. 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 Wow. Great to see you again. Critics agree. Loki season two is marvelous. Great. And it's finally here. How much do you know? Let's assume I don't know much. A mind-bending adventure. Spectacularly cinematic. I've been waiting for a moment like this. It surpasses all expectations. A little over the top, don't you think? I thought it was spot on. Loki Season 2. Now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. You are listening to Habs and Minded. Brought to you by HabsEyesOnThePrize.com. And welcome back to the top 25 under 25. It has been a few episodes where we stepped out of line between the top 25 under 25, but it has been a week of news in Hansland, really. Kotkanemi lost and Dvorak obviously signing, but also in other, other Habs news, Anton Rossegord is back where he belongs. He's in Wales. I don't even know where I belong anymore. I'm just uh, going with the flow and wherever uh, wherever life takes me. But uh, yeah, it feels good to be back. It's wherever been, you lay your hat, that's your home. Basically true. Um, it's been nine months since I was here. And it was fun because like none of my roommates knew that I was coming back. Um, so it was just like I was standing in the kitchen this morning and my roommate was just like, oh, you're here. That was a long time, <laughs> a long time here we're in Sweden. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, if we uh, if we check out the Habs news, obviously we have one player lost on the top 25 under 25. Um, we can't say where Jesperi Koskinen would have been ranked um, as of now because he's obviously he wasn't going to be listed in the teams if we're saying like that. But um, it's a little bit unfortunate that Christian Dvorak is uh, born in 96. If he was born in 97, we could just you know, fire up a profile on him and insert him basically where Jesperi would have been um, or something like that. But uh, yeah, good news uh, and bad news. Depends on which side you're on, but uh, it would have been weird. Um, According to me, it would have been weird to match that uh, offer sheet by Carolina. So uh, I'm happy that Bergevin went out and got a replacement center who is more established. And to a better price as well. Do a better price. He's locked up for four years at four point four, so uh, that sounds uh, that sounds reasonable. And for someone who had as much offense, obviously he was playing with talented players in the OHL when he was there, but he had an offensive upside that he hasn't really been able to uh, show in Arizona. I think that uh, the way the Habs play and the way that the Habs will deploy him with more talented wingers will will be to his benefit, and it would be. It wouldn't be unreasonable to see um, a Domi-like upswing in Christian Forex's game once he gets out of Scottsdale because, um, you know, there, there is more talent there. And, and he's a good 200-foot player, which means that the lacking of Dano will, you know, be somewhat, um, somewhat smaller now than it was a week ago. Indeed, it really has been that way. And uh, there are some news in... in, in among prospects in general and you have to to uh, really um, have been offline uh, to not have seen um, Matvei Mechkov's debut or, or two first goals in KHL in his third game yeah um, but but what a talent that is and uh, it's going to be interesting to see where he ranks up in in the NHL draft come 
ne not even next year, the year after, right? Yeah, it's 2023. It's him and Connor Bedard in that year. It's uh, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be difficult. Uh, like, I mean, even if you lose the lottery, if you're the worst team and you end up with, um, like we talked about that like a, a few weeks ago on the podcast as well like whoever you end up with of those two talents they seem like can't miss prospects as of now obviously a lot can happen in two years but as of now it it looks really impressive um so yeah two goals and one assist in three games for ska um like arguably the top team in khl as a is he 16 he's still 16 that's yeah. insane yeah, and then in other news from Russia, Kostenko uh, played in VHL today with Kimki and uh, two assists and a minor. Yeah, um, great start there. Olofsson is on the way of playing for Timro, and he plays second line winger today. So yeah, we, we <laughs> there will be some interesting thing. Uh, top twenty five, under twenty five entry, Jacob Olofsson at number twenty five. Yeah, of course. Uh, but today we're not here. We're here to talk about three other players. It's um, Kidney, Kapanen, and Mayu. Yeah, what do they have in common? They were all drafted in recently in 2021, and they end up just uh, well in in um, they are just continuing um, in order on the on the list. Especially fun with the first two you mentioned there, Kidney and Kapanen, who obviously were drafted with consecutive picks in the draft, and now they end up um, on consecutive places on the list as well. It's interesting. We mentioned obviously Mayu as well, and and uh, if you look at Oliver Kapanen and Mayu and the player next up, they are on the tire all by themselves. They're very close between them, uh, whereas Kidney. Is in the in in a tire all by himself, more or less. Yeah. So we saw that Riley Kidney had an average of 18.8, while Oliver Kapanen had 16.9 and Logan Mayu had 16.8. And the guy above that is 16.4, and then it's yeah. a jump up to 14.4 as well. But yeah. but yeah, it's it's interesting to know, and it's it's something to to just know that that there are in some ways a, a plateau here in the rankings and uh, Looking at Riley Kidney, you, you have something to say about him, obviously, because I think you wrote the uh, the profile, right? I did. I did. And um, I wasn't allowed to make any kidney puns in the uh, article because obviously this is a talented player and we shouldn't, uh, you know, go in with puns uh, at a serious side. But he has a big heart front. for hockey and he, uh, he, yeah, he delivers he for it. And, exactly. Uh, exactly. He has all the organs needed. No, but Riley Kidney is a talented player, no doubt. Um I wasn't completely aware of his game when he was drafted, but in an abbreviated year like this, when you're not, uh, when you're from Europe as well, you uh, don't have a complete access to uh, the queue and the uh, the prospects playing there. So it was interesting to uh, to look up more about him, and uh, you know he's um, he's seen as a high IQ center man who has become better and better over his two years in the queue um he had an impressive playoffs with Akadi, and uh that's probably why the habs became increasingly interested in him um even if they were uh they were um they got bumped in the quarterfinals, I think as team Akadi by charlottetown but uh he had five assists in his last two games um and really showed immense progress 
Um, when it comes to his game, he's more of a playmaker than he is a shooter. Um, and uh, he need he will need to develop uh, both physically and uh, you know develop his skating, develop his defensive game, and all that stuff that you normally hear from a 17, 18 year old centerman um, who is not. Uh, you know, a world-class talent or, you know, whoever is taken outside of the first round, basically. But um, I think he has an interesting skill set to work with, and it will be fun to see if he can step uh, step up his game even more um, during the 21-22 season when it's a full season as well. Interestingly enough as well, between those three players that we have mentioned, um, Kidney is the one with the with the smallest variable between between the top and bottom uh, it's it's a seven, whereas yeah. the other says twelve and fifteen. Obviously, for for different reasons, but yeah, it's it's. Um, he seems like an intriguing prospect. I read your profile on him, and I, I think I uh, it opened my eyes a little bit as well to to maybe having ranked him um, on and off. I have him just above Kapanen, um, obviously, but yeah, it's it's an interesting pick and. Uh, it is, as you say, you have to remember that after like top 20 in, in, in uh, the first round, it's a 50-50 shot for quite some time uh, if they will become NHLers or not. So if you take Kidney and Kapanen, pick, to, uh, uh, pick apart, and by the same organizations, obviously, and well, maybe one of them makes it and the other one doesn't. But, but I mean, like it's basically comes down to a 50-50 chance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you get like, if you have picks 63 and 64, or as it was because of Arizona's, you know, um, lost picks 62 and 63, um, and you end up with one NHL or out of those two, that's fine. Uh, at this moment, we don't know who will develop the best, but, you know, if just one develops a- accurately, that would be, that would be swell for the abs organization. Um basically picking center men with consecutive picks when you know that center men is always something that every team is lacking is you know smart when you have picks in uh, late in the second round and um yeah with both kidney and kapanen who we will talk about in in a minute or two um there are tools there to work with as a different kind of tool set but um they still have uh, a long way to go to become um, eligible for pro level. When it comes to uh, Riley Kidney, he's he's since he is a Q prospect, he only has two years before the Habs have to make um, a decision on him, and that may um, be something that talks to uh, Oliver Kapanen's um, advantage because the Habs can track him for four years without having to. Um, before they have to decide on on keeping him or not. Indeed, and and it, as you say, it might be Oliver Kapanen's uh, to Oliver Kapanen's benefit, but mm-hmm. also, yeah, it, it is. This could be a curse because you, you can just expect him to develop a little bit at a time, and you don't see the full progress, or you don't see uh, a, a decline uh, to the same extent either. Obviously, playing for Kalpa. Uh, <laughs> we're a bit wary about knee, knee injuries and hopefully there will not be anyone's and obviously with a name like Kapanen and uncle that is reasonably famous um that there are some expectations on on, on Kapanen what what surprises me a little bit is how bad his skating is 
<laughs> I'll be honest to say that. Uh, Is it Gordon, Gordon style? No, nah, not really. Uh, not from what I've seen. He can skate forward, uh, at least back and forth. But it's it's not technically sound um, from an expert. If we compare it to Jesse Ullinen, as an example, that knew he was a really, um, as he said, bad skater. But he has turned it into, to, he's worked on it so hard and, and so efficiently. So he has become, as David Saint-Louis used to say to us, that he's probably one of the best technical skaters that he has seen. Mm. Everything works perfectly in, 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 in symmetry and what it should be doing. And, and here is another uh, player with, with the same kind of pedigree from, from uncles and, and close friends of, of NHL careers. Uh, and, and the skating is the lacking bit. That, that surprised me a little bit that he has the hockey IQ. I wasn't, I wasn't, it, it was, I just took it for granted in many ways. And he has a high hockey IQ. But, but yeah, the, the, the warning light for me is a little bit the skating. Mm-hmm. Um, he's still a point per game player, both in the under 20s and in Mestis, which is the second league of Finland. Uh, he transitions into the, um, the Liga um, as of this weekend, because the games obviously start in Liga this weekend, so the EPRs will be coming back. But yeah, it's 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 different to see a a, a player with the pedigree that he has um, missing out on those skills. Mm. He is very young, though. He uh, must be one of the youngest prospects in the entire draft. Like he was born in in the end of, end of July two thousand and three. So. Um, it's, it's, it's a good sign that he has already, um, first of all, that he has the pedigree of like, you know, hockey, uh, hockey family, both his dad played in, in both Sweden and Finland as a goaltender for many, many years. And his uncle obviously being Sami Kapanen. So they will obviously know as well, uh, what needs to be done if he wants to reach, uh, his potential. I also think it's interesting that the Habs went, you know, selecting a playmaker first in Riley Kidney and then selecting more of a sniper in, in Oliver Kapanen to kind of like mix up the, uh, um, well, basically the, the basket, what you have in your prospect pool. Um, both, both are sniper uh, or both are centers that could play on the wing as well, I think. Yeah, so they have a versatile skill set. Uh, which, but but yeah, he shot, is Kapanen's shot is, is, is good. He underutilizes his his um, wrist shot a little bit, and he takes a little bit more time to get it off. If you compare it with, as you mentioned, Gordan, mm-hmm. uh, who, who who has more of a uh, cobra strike on his, but but um, it's accurate and and it's quite heavy. He's very good to lift the puck from the ice on rebounds from close in over the pads and, and between the pad and the arm of the goalie. And that is, is a skill that I don't think he can teach as much. And probably it's because he's uh, practiced against his dad for quite a while, but, but it's, it's interesting. His slap shot is unfortunately a little bit hit and miss. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I don't know if it become because he, he wants to force the puck in with such a pace or that the puck doesn't transition to him in in the way that it should or or with the speed that he expects it to 
But but if he can get those things together, he, he can start quite well. He's also been on up and down the lineup a little bit in in the in the preseason Liga games, just as Olofsson has. Um, and it seems to me that um, we will have to wait and see where he fits in into the Kalpa lineup. It's a, I mean, it will obviously work to his benefit to just play in Liga this season. Um, that, w- that was one of the reasons why I selected him um, higher on the list than I had Kidney, because I thought that, well, you know, he has already played five games in the second tier and he did well there. Um, and then coming up, like actually getting a chance in Liga as an 18-year-old, just turned 18-year-old this season, I think that uh, talks to the benefit of of what uh, the Finnish hockey community sees in him and, and his coach, Tommy Mietinen, right? Yeah. Uh, sees in him as well. So w- while Riley Kidney had an impressive playoffs, for example, he will still go back to the queue. And it's difficult as well, like... Especially like seeing, we talked about Cam Hillis in a previous podcast as well, seeing how difficult it can be to translate into pro hockey. Um, if you're already playing pro hockey at an 18, as an 18 year old, that, you know, that is something to, uh, you know, to cherish really. And uh, it's a, it's a good sign for, uh, for Oliver Kapanen. Indeed. And, and Kalpa is obviously a, a city on more or less on the border with Russia. It's far out and not all the players want to go there. So it creates sort of a, of a, a, a um, club where you develop talent before they, they go off and uh, to, to bigger clubs. And it wouldn't surprise me if uh, Kapanen plays two years with Kalpa and then either goes to the AHL or, or to a bigger club in Liga. I was gonna. Um, I was gonna say that as well. That actually, it is um, his uncle Sami Kapanen is is one of the owners of the team. So <laughs> that, that that is also maybe a sign why he's playing. You know, in, in Liga this season. I don't know, but um, it's kind of fun. Uh, I think just... there is. Is it his cousin that plays? Uh, that is going to be draft draft eligible for next year. I think, and uh, uh, he is. Um, Playing on the, he played the first line in uh, in a recent game as well. I saw it was another Kapanen without a picture. So, uh, yeah. So, do you, are you talking about Consta? Consta Kapanen. He's uh, he seems to be the little brother of Kasperi. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So yeah, um, he seems like a small guy. Consta Kapanen. He's five seven, hundred forty one pounds. But you know, best of luck to him. Yeah. Uh, anyways, um, yeah. obviously it was a. Um, how should I say? Um, um, Luga Malio is, is the next one on, on the list. And uh, we're not going to dive into to much of the off-ice uh, situation and, mm-hmm. and everything. We know he's uh, suspended by the OHL for uh, causing the league into dispute or, or not behaving properly. Uh, everyone knows what I'm talking about. Um, yeah. Unfortunately for him, but I think it's good to be out of the spotlight and and being able to to work on things that he said in his press conference that he did want to work on, and, and now he gets the chance to do that in um, more of an where the focus will not be on him, but rather on what he does. Yeah. Um, looking, and I reached out to Noran, uh, the the local paper in Kolefti where he played last year in in Leon, and. Um, um, 
they, they came back. They couldn't be part of the pod, unfortunately. But uh, what they said he is, is and, and this is a spot-on translation, more or less, on what I'm doing at the moment. Uh, he's very hard to, to rank up. He was okay in Leon, but you will have to remember that he's really young. And the transition, again, is, is from, from junior hockey to senior hockey is tough. But it is Division One, and uh, they weren't super impressed or, or, or even impressed by him. Uh, but they are also keen to point out that there is a lot of talent. But um, again, and, and, and uh, Division One is, is is quite a far list down below down down the down the list in uh, a league down the list in, in Sweden, and uh, he had some good numbers, obviously. Um, I would have expected more from him for being a um, first-round talent in Division One. when I compare them, him to a player like Edvinson or, or some of the other prospects, Sandin, coming out in more or less the same kind of bracket. Uh, Toronto picked him with 27th pick a couple of years ago, I think. Mm. Um, Lilie Grien is another... Um, and and yeah, um, but it's also but it's also like it's difficult to compare that because they were obviously playing in their home environment. He went abroad, like abroad, to play in a different environment. He has never lived uh, abroad before, and you know he's just supposed to come in and 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 perform, obviously. But you know, as a seventeen-year-old, I think like that is something that I'm okay with giving benefit of the doubt. He still had fifteen points in nineteen games. Uh, he was not playing up to par defensively maybe but that's because Escoleon is also a uh, quite a terrible team or was last season so uh so like it's difficult to compare him with guys like Edmondson or uh, Lily Rim because they were obviously playing in their junior team or or loaned out to Elsmanskin but still being in Sweden and the same culture and everything it's it's kind of different indeed it is i i just think um, yeah I, I would have expected more uh, from him just like a lot of people expect a lot from from the players coming but, over to Europe, now yeah, from Europe to, sure. to the US. Sure, so, I so. can understand that. But like he was seventeen going into his draft year, and what I feel as well is that he wasn't a consensus first round pick. Like Montreal's pick was questionable for many reasons, but one of them was that many had him ranked even before they knew about this incident. Um, had him ranked like in the third round as a third round caliber prospect. So as we look at him, we have to remember that, that he doesn't automatically become like a consensus first round talent because he was drafted there. Um, if we look at him, he has a lot of tools. He's very toolsy. He like Mark Bergman came out and said that he was like, or Trevor Timmons said that he was like six, four, six, five, something now. So he's, you know, monstrously tall and he weighs over 200 pounds and he can skate and he has an offensive mind. So, you know, if he puts it all together, he could become a monster on the ice. Uh, but isn't that what we said about Michael McCarron as well? That's exactly my point. Like, you know, we don't know what he is at this point. Michael McCarron couldn't really skate. Uh, so there is that. But at the same time, all we have from Logan Mayu is like a season of go uh, GOJ hockey with London Nationals, then four games for London Knights before uh, coming over to Leon and playing 19 games there. Um, we don't have a lot to go on. And I don't know how the Habs have scouted him really um, because. 
like watching him against tier three opponents in Sweden um, who are not professionals. Yeah, let's be honest, they call them half professionals or, or exactly. semi-professionals at least. Yeah, so they're working, you know, part-time basically. And and like knowing, we don't really know how to evaluate that. Like how will he go into the OHL if he becomes, if he comes back and, and is eligible to play after like in January, for example, where will he be? Like he can be anything. Like we don't know how, um, what happened last year has affected him. We also don't know like how, um how he really ranks up to other OHL prospects and the Habs have two years to make a decision on him as well, as well as kidney. So that's, you know, the difficult part, like he just lost, you know, four or five months of uh, developmental, you know, not play entirely, but like, you know, just being there and, and practicing and playing with, with London and, how much will that affect his development going forward? How much can he do himself? How much can he prove that he has bettered himself off the eyes as well? You know, it's, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's a lot of questions on Logan Mayu right now. So I think he should be happy. Well, I mean, he obviously doesn't care about where, where he's ranked, but being ranked in, in 14th, uh, the 14th spot, right? 15th spot now. Um, it's about like, you know, the fact that he's ranked over a cap and a kidney, but just slightly it tells you something about him. But it is quite normal to, for a first round pick to go in around the 15th spot from what I can remember or, or between 10 and 15. So yeah, we can, we can all, already well, see that Mayu is, is, is off that track a little bit. Yeah, I was just going to say, like, you know, 31st pick isn't, I mean, that's not high if you compare it to, like, Romanov was Romanov was drafted with, like, the 35th pick or something, right? 37th. Like, you know, it's it's he's more of an early second rounder than he's a first rounder, per se. And Rom, Romanov was ranked, I don't know, 30th or something in his first year? He was... Yeah, or Ilanen, that was probably, I, I don't remember what Ilanen was in his first year. Yeah, I think we should compare him more to... Like early second rounders than we should first round because if you're drafted as number fifteen or something, you obviously have um, a projected higher ceiling from the start than someone who's drafted at thirty. Um, and Logan Mayu didn't fall because of what happened off the ice. He he just wasn't ranked by a lot of people as a first round caliber prospect even before. But uh, comparing him to Romanov, neither was he. So, no, so. no, exactly. <laughs> we don't know. We don't know like uh, what the Hab scouting department saw in him. Uh, we don't know as well like the conversations they have had with him off the ice. Um, we have just seen the press conference. Um, so, so there, there are a lot of questions when it comes to Mayu, and and no, no real answers at this point, and we won't get any answers for uh, for the foreseeable future either, as it seems. And, and uh, as you can see, I think Justin included some of the quotes that we got from Chris Peters when we recorded a podcast for some of the other players on this list. Uh, he, he wasn't very keen on Mayu from, from the ranking standpoint either. Mm-hmm. So, so, yeah, but this is what we can give you. Um, I, I can tell you Anton and I doesn't really follow uh, Division One hockey, not even when it's nearby. <laughs> No, no, we definitely do not. You have to prioritize. Yeah, and uh, I got a Division One team literally 500 meters away, 800 meters away. And uh, I go to their junior practices and, and games instead because that's where my student plays. Uh, I, I never, ever catch the A team. 
it's no. I'm, I'm, I, I might be able to do that in a couple of years when uh, some of my students will be part of it but they're 14 right now so i rather follow that age group mm. and it has been fun it has been interesting and i hope we 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 have uh, given the best possible uh, coverage of my that we can without going too far into to unfortunate things and um, crime situations in Sweden. Uh, but uh, this is what we, we promised we should cover him as a, as a prospect. And uh, I hope you achieve that. Um, thank you, guys. It's, it's a pleasure doing this series. Hopefully, you get to hear from some others than Anton and me quite soon. We're, we're still looking for some guests to fill uh, the honor roll with. Um, Training camp is coming up, and uh, obviously we got some other guys coming in there with with high interest. Uh, Matthias Norlander is uh, more or less well; he should be in Montreal right now. I'm not sure what he needs to do before he can take to the ice, but um, mm. be sure that everyone will follow his progress uh, this fall. Anything to add, Anton from from Wales? No, just uh, fun to talk about these new guys uh, in the prospect pool. Fun for you as well to have uh, Oliver Kapanen to follow. Now, uh, now that Ikonen left, for example, and Olofsson isn't doing too well, it's fun for you to have a local guy. We have to remember Oliver Kapanen is born in Sweden as well. So, like, you know, he's he may not be Swedish, but he's part Swedish. Well, he, he's like Jesse Puligari. Yeah. Swedish when it counts. Yeah, exactly. So he, uh, you know, he should think about playing for uh, maybe the Swedish national team if he becomes. I think uh, if, uh, becomes if you played for the junior team, you can't change to another national team, can you? Uh, I don't know how it works in hockey, actually. Uh, but, in football, uh, I think you can, places. but I think in in ice hockey, you can't. Yeah. Um, unless you actually have asked for another passport, mm-hmm. uh, so you have to, uh, because that's we have seen uh, with some of the KHL guys. Uh, playing for uh, Kazakhstan in in the Worlds. Mm. Yeah. Uh, We'll be back shortly for uh, the next, I think it's the next three guys on the list. So we'll be back. This uh, comes out Wednesday, so I guess we'll be back. So we'll be be in three days. Yeah, Saturday. So we'll we'll be back on on Saturday for the next podcast. Uh, Please subscribe. Please uh, leave a comment. We all read them, even if they're... uh, uh, not always possible. Ah, they're always possible. Who do I kid? They are. We have a great community. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, ideas. We'll, we'll listen to them and we'll try to make them happen. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. 
And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.